0: Welcome to Scanner School, session number 14. On today's session, we're going to talk about P25, a topic that many of you have written in asking questions about. So I'm very happy to say we are going to start talking about P25 right now on the Scanner School podcast. Welcome to the Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, phil lichtenberger all right welcome to scanner school my name is phil lichtenberger my amateur radio call sign is w2lie and welcome to the scanner school podcast where we teach you everything that you need to know about the scanner radio hobby so today we start our little tutorial on p25 or project 25 and I was kind of going back and forth on how I wanted to work this one out. And what I think we're gonna do here is we're gonna break this down into two weeks, uh, just to start. And the reason why we're gonna do that is because today we're gonna to be talking about the the back end, the technology itself, um, a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. So if you really want to know how this uh, how P twenty five works and how it came to be and all that stuff, we're gonna talk about it this week. So there's a lot of great information in here on how p25 works now what we're going to do next week is we're going to talk about phase one phase two and x2 tdma so we're going to get into the trunking world of p25 next week this week we're going to talk about again we're going to talk about a a little bit about the theory and we are also going to talk about some conventional okay so let's start right from a wikipedia quote on what is p25 So the Daniels P-25 guide, and I'm quoting here, says, Project 25 or P-25 is a set of standards produced through the joint efforts of the Association for Public Safety Communication Officials International, the National Association of State Telecommunications Directors, selected federal agencies and the national communication systems, and is standardized under the Telecommunications Industry Association. The P25 suite of standards involves digital land mobile radio, services for local, state, and national, call federal, public safety organizations, and agencies. Holy cow, is that a mouthful. So, let's restate that quote. P25 is a standard for interoperability between users on a radio network, as well as all of those components that make up the radio network. Okay, so you can have a module from manufacturer A and then another module that plugs into it from manufacturer B. You can have multiple manufacturers of radios out there in the RF environment. And as long as you're not using something that's proprietary, uh, like say an encoding uh, method or uh, some other sort of, and we're going to talk about vocoders later on, but as long as you're using something as part of the open standard, All of these pieces will work together. They're going to be interoperable. All right. So let's break down some of these um, acronyms that you may hear that we've already just talked about. APCO 25 or Project 25. What is APCO? Well, APCO is the Association for Public Safety Communications Officials International. That was part of the Daniel's P25 guide definition. We also have the National Association for State Telecommunications Directors, which is the NASTD. We have the National Communications Systems, NCS, and the Telecommunications Industry Association, TIA. And again, we talked about LMR, which is Land Mobile Radio, which is basically every two way um, network out there. Okay. All right. We're already, <laughs> already eyeball deep in technology, aren't we? And we would even start yet. So let's talk about what the benefits of P25 are and why so many agencies are going to P25. So according to the project25.org website, the benefits of P25 are the ability to meet on the air, which means interoperability among agencies and vendors, spectrum efficiency, compatible with the existing systems and infrastructure, integration of voice and data services, and the ability to use conventional trunking and secure networks. Well, what are secure networks? We're talking about encrypted talk groups or encryption on a voice channel. So how is P25 different from our existing networks that are out there. Well, P25 is 100% digital, all right? Well, we have an analog system uh, on a normal, you know, repeater network, right? That's that's all analog. When we looked at LTR, Motorola, Type 2, Type 1, and eDAX trunk systems, you had a digital control channel, right? That was that computer packet that tells the radios where to go. But all of the talk groups on those systems are analog. That's why you can take any scanner out there and punch in the voice channels for a trunk system and scan through them, and you would hear what was going on on a trunk system. You may not be able to follow them because you're not trunk tracking, but you can monitor them from their analog. So when it comes to P25, everything on the network is digital, from the voice to the data, obviously, and the uh, control channel. So if the network is purely digital, what does that really mean when you're trying to talk on a network we need a way to convert our voice right our analog voice into something that's digital and then we need to take that digital signal convert it back to something that we can hear again which is again analog and we do that with a vocoder okay so there's two different vocoders out there that can be used there's an imbe which is Improved Multiband Excitation, and there's AMBE Plus 2, which is Advanced Multiband Excitation. So these two vocoders were designed by Digital Voice Systems, Inc., which you might have seen as DVSI. Again, a lot of acronyms here. And if I am confusing anybody, I am going to have all these acronyms in the show notes uh, at scannerschool.com session14. So if you miss them, don't worry about it. You can go back to the show notes and you can take a look at them as, down there as well. Uh, we'll also have them eventually in the glossary of the scannerschool.com website, which can be found on the very top of the webpage. There'll be a link to glossary up there as well. So the, um, the vocoders that are in place are designed by DVSI and licensed by DVSI. And that's one of the reasons why there's a price difference between an analog scanner and a digital scanner. Also why some of the digital pagings, like the G4, G5 by Unication, are a bit more expensive than their analog cousins, and as well as in the two-way network, because um, you have to license the vocoder, and there's a fee on that. So the manufacturers then push the additional cost onto the consumer. So what are the building blocks of a P25 network? So you understand we're talking about a digital network. It's not as simple as a repeater that just takes analog and retransmit, you know, retransmits it. There's a lot of little components. I shouldn't say little components. There's a lot of blocks that make up the structure of a p25 infrastructure now the p25 spec says that there's eight open interfaces that make up a lmr or land mobile radio system and it's open interface because that means that any manufacturer's equipment can be placed anywhere within this p25 infrastructure now again barring the fact that there might be some proprietary technology in play here, okay, that is now no longer open. So the first part we had to look at is the common air interface, uh, a CAI, or sometimes abbreviated as P25CAI. You can think of this as the typical over-the-air or RF radio path of the network. This is the signal, the frequency. This could be Radio to radio or radio to base station, and the theory behind this is that radios should be able to talk to one another, no matter of whose radio you use. Again, because it's digital, there was a worry that somebody may lock down or change the uh, the way that the coding is done that limits you, so you can't say, well, it's a Motorola radio and it only can talk to other Motorola radios. No, it's just like the analog world where anybody can bring in radio A and talk to radio B. And they wanted to make sure that the air interface was common and they all spoke the same language. There's also the subscriber data peripheral interface. Now, this is the data network that's accessible via an accessory plug on the radio. So what would you be able to plug into this accessory plug? You may be able to plug in something like a laptop or maybe an officer is wearing a, ba- a body camera that would rebroadcast live over you know, the, the data network for some reason. Um, you can have an officer's personal GPS on there. So every time he transmits that he's got a GPS on him, they know where he's at. Maybe something as a safety device where um, every time an officer removes his gun from the holster, it would then make contact and the radio would then dispatch out for him that his gun was removed from the holster okay so it's these kinds of things that there's a uh there's a standard on how accessories are going to talk to the radio and then go out over the network right because obviously uh glock isn't making you know radio components or whoever it is that has the gun uh, holster triggers and um You know, Garmin whoever else may be out there is using GPSs. I'm just throwing those names out there because they're common names. The next part, number three, is the fixed station interface. Now, these are mandatory messages that are required between the base station and the RF subsystem. The next phase or the next building block is the console subsystem network which is abbreviated by CSSI. This is a standard set of messages between a dispatcher's console and the RF environment. So a dispatcher's console, no matter who makes it, will be able to get onto the infrastructure. So again, you're not tied down to one manufacturer monopolizing an entire radio network build-out for a department or agency. The next building block is the network management interface. Now this is a single network management scheme, which allows for all of the components of the RF network to operate together. Another building block is the data network interface. And this is a specification for the RF subsystems data elements. Uh, an MDT, a computer, data networks, other external data sources would all be included under the data network interface. You have telephone interconnect. These are standards of patching in commercial telephone services onto the, onto the network. So you think of a public switched network or PTSN, uh, which would be like an analog network, or you also have ISDN interfaces that could be plugged into the network as well. And finally, you have the Inter-RF subsystem interface or ISSI. Now, these are the standards between the RF subsystems, which allow all of these RF subsystems to connect to a multiple wide area network and to build out the footprint of the infrastructure. So there's a lot of little building blocks that are part of a P25 network. So why is it important to have all of these eight pieces that talk together and are part of an open system? Because it's no longer analog. It's no longer the same world as just plugging in a ring and tip or even as uh, plugging in you know, just a line into the rest of the network and patching it in. That doesn't happen anymore because it's all digital. There's header bits that go out before the actual transmission goes out. And every piece of equipment on that network needs to know how to decode whatever it is that it is receiving, or it needs to know how to transmit it properly so everything else out there can put the bits back together and receive the messages that are there. So what P25 is not? P25 is not digital talk groups on an, uh, an analog trunk system like Motorola Type 2 systems. So you might have digital talk groups on a Type 2 system And your digital scanner might pick up those talk groups and you might notice that somebody out there has a digital capable radio, but it's not true P25. What it's really doing is it's using a like a Motorola Astro IMBE or the Astro Common Air interface over a Type 2 system. All right. So those are the building blocks of a P25 network. And you can see with all this going on, why I've decided to break down Phase 1, Phase 2, X2, TDMA, and trunking into next week's session. But what I want to do is I want to at least leave you all with the understanding of conventional P25, because it's pretty simple uh, when you think about it just as a listening side or on the scanning side of the house. What you would really have is, we talked about in Session 3 of the Scanner School podcast, If you want to go back and listen to it again, you can go to ScannerSchool.com slash session three. And we talked about PL, DPL, and NACs, right? So what is a NAC? NAC is a network access code. And you use those on P25 the same way you would use PL or DPL on the analog network. So NAC is a three-digit hexadecimal number, which is a 12-bit code And it is broadcasted at the beginning of each transmission. These 12 bits go out before the voice frames are sent out or the voice packets. And there are 4,096 possible NACs that can be used. There's only three that are very special to anybody who's building out a P25 network. Now, again, to listen to anything using your scanner, you don't even need to program in a NAC. You could just leave it into NAC search mode. And some of the older P25 radios did not even allow you to program in a NAC. So don't think that you need to scramble and figure out what NAC codes to put in. Remember, NAC codes, PL codes, uh, I'm sorry, PL tones and DPL codes are ways of filtering out other traffic in your area. Okay, so you have... 293, which is a default knack So, when you get a radio out of the box, when you put in a frequency, it's going to default to 293, which is usually shown as a dollar sign uh, before it. So, it'll be dollar sign 293. The next special NAC code will be dollar sign F7E, or that's Foxtrot 7 Echo. Any receiver that is set to listen for that NAC will receive all transmissions over a frequency. So that's basically the same as setting up your radio as CSQ or carrier squelch in the analog world. And the final and third special NAC is $F7F or Foxtrot 7 Foxtrot. Any repeater that is set to this NAC will allow all transmissions to go through the repeater and will retransmit that NAC on the output of the repeater. And again, from a Scanning side of the house. If you want to receive everything out there, you can just go ahead and either leave the knack blank, and that'll that'll basically be the same as uh, CSQ. So there's a lot of information out there, and in putting this podcast together, it was definitely an information overload on my part. There's so much information out there for P25, and everybody writes it a little bit differently, but the information is really pretty much the same. I mean, even each radio manufacturer out there has P25 resources. So you can go to the Motorola website, the ICOM website. You can go into, um, you know, EF Johnson or Kenwood or, and take a look at what they have to say back to a P25. But I have a list here of websites that I went to that I used as resources to put this podcast together. And it really does feel like going back to high school, or college, and writing out a paper here. So, and again, all these links will be in the show notes. And, um... I'm going to try and do something, too, for anybody that wants a bit of extra content uh, for this podcast. There'll be a little bit of a bonus material in at the bottom of this um, podcast session notes at scannerschool.com slash session 14. So, my resources for putting together today's podcast are Radio Reference Wiki. It's always the first place I go when I want to figure something out. Wikipedia, always my number two. There is APCO International, the P25 Best Practices website, project25.org, p25.com, dvsinc.com, and also my old favorite, the Daniels Electronics P25 Training Guide, which is now uh, CODAN Radio. So those are just some resources that I had used to put together today's podcast session for you. Now, I know there's a lot in here. It's a lot of technical information, and I try to kind of stay away from it. But because P25 is such a um, is one of those topics that a lot of people ask me about and would love to understand, I thought maybe it'd be best to give you guys more of the technical side of P25 and just how it works. But again, next week, we're going to go into more of the Uh, the end user or the scanner's guide to P25 when we program in our Phase 1, Phase 2, X2 systems. And then what we'll do in the following week is we'll look at a couple of scanners that will work on Phase 1, Phase 2, and X2 TDMA systems. So if you do have any P25 systems in your area, we'll go through a couple of radios and I'll make a couple of recommendations um, as to what would work well on the systems that might be in your area. So the Scanner School podcast is sponsored by EastCoastPagers.com. And if you've been listening to the podcast over the last several weeks or since the beginning, you've been hearing this read through and through for the last couple of sessions. Well, who exactly owns East Coast Pagers? Well, that's that's me. I own East Coast Pagers. I, uh, I've started, it was a spinoff of Monitor Long Island Inc., which is my escort, which now owns all my web businesses and web properties, including East Coast Pagers and the Scanner School Podcast, which is why I am able to offer a little bonus to anybody who uses the special URL or special web link to order a Unication G1, G4, G5, or the S-Quad Voice, or the brand new S-Quad 360 Pager by Phone. And in order to receive that bonus, all you have to do is go to eastcoastpagers.com slash Scanner School. So I want to take a moment to thank everybody who had joined us for our very first Facebook live Q&A session. We held it this past Saturday on the Scanner School group Facebook page. I'm sorry, we'll say that a different way because I don't want to confuse anybody with this one as it was a learning experience on my part. The live session was on the Scanner School Facebook group not the Facebook page, and that was my first mistake. So it was kind of closed for anybody who was a member of the Facebook group. And we had quite a bit of uh, of uh, viewers, which is great. I answered a lot of questions, and I even have some questions that were tabled for this next session I'm going to have, which will be on the Facebook page. So what this means is you don't need to be a member of the Scanner School group to view the live stream and you will be able to share the live video uh, with your own facebook group or page or your radio group or if you think that another facebook group or page would be interested in seeing the video you'll be able to share it with them so lesson learned it will be in a public domain this coming uh saturday again we're going to do it at 11 a.m Eastern Time U.S. I understand that's a bit of a problem for those in Australia, and I do apologize. And we will try and figure out something for you guys. But again, too, you can always join us in our Facebook group at Scannerschool.com slash Facebook group and leave a question in there for the upcoming live session. And you can always go back and uh, watch the live replay when, uh, or I should say the recorded replay of the live facebook session when it's convenient for you and i'll be sure to answer those questions in there as well. all right so again join us next week on facebook on our page at scannerschool.com facebook at 11 a.m for a live q a session and again it will be recorded and reposted for anybody who has missed the live session. So between then and now, we have both Easter and Passover. So for all of those celebrating those holidays, I want to wish you all a very happy Easter and a happy Passover. And we will catch you on our podcast next Tuesday. But before that, we'll catch you on Facebook for another live session. Thank you so much for joining me on the Scanner School podcast, where we teach you everything you need to know about the Scanner Radio Hobby. My name, again, is Phil Lichtenberger. Please remember to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. And if you could, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. 73, we'll talk to you guys on Saturday on Facebook or next Tuesday on the podcast. Thanks for listening to the Scanner School podcast. Be sure to visit www.scannerschool.com to access the show notes and bonus content.